0: You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. fellow sexual subjects you are listening to a broadcast of the cuncast podcast a conversation with a classily characterized con- carefully crafted with cognizant courage to champion conscientious consummation what to do my people i am the jailer your host and i am joined as always by my favorite human being mr aaron rand freeman how are you sir
1: doing all right um doing all right still in texas still riding out this uh by not this pandemic um politically engaged um for some reason um i'm kind of getting off to the sentences and the competence like i don't think joe biden is particularly going to be a wonderful um, you know i don't think he's great he's my first choice obviously but you kind of don't realize the importance of sentences or someone, you know, responding to questions as they're being asked or or looking people in the eye when they talk and stuff. And it's just like things like that, just competent sentience across the board, Um, positions in the White House being filled. I'm just like following all this and I shouldn't be so excited by it, but I am.
0: Like I live with my parents right now and they are the type of people that just have like the news on 24-7, uh, such as CNN all the time, MSNBC all the time. And I used to be filled with so much dread to come downstairs and be like, oh, what is he doing now? I don't want to hear this. And now it's just like normal shit. We're like, we're going to do a a, a presser. The, the press secretary answers questions competently, uh, acknowledges the... The press as human beings. Uh, the president hasn't uh, decided whole groups of people should be banned from the country. It's uh, refreshing. I mean, it's sad that we're relieved. But uh, yeah, but I'm going to apologize for listeners if I sound super nasally uh, because I have a sinus infection and there's nothing I can do about it because I'm terrified to go to the doctor. Because I don't want to get COVID. So, <laughs> I'm suffering.
1: I mean, that is, there are a lot of us tanking a lot of illnesses right now in the interest of not getting sick. So, you are a legion, and I'm certain there are a lot of people who are sitting at home trying to orange juice and tea some illness away because they don't want to have to go to the doctor or hospital.
0: Yeah, um, I've tried the oh, sorry. <laughs> As I talk, it might, like, squick. Sorry, I'm, I'm at that stage of the sinus infection, um, where I do feel like my eyes are going to pop out of my head. I'm not going to lie. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, I do not, uh, I'm feeling like I thought I was at like feeling zero sexiness. Now I'm like in the negatives of how sexy I feel. <laughs> <laughs> now I just feel like a gush monster, not in the good way, um, Uh, I I don't, uh, I don't want my NUSI violated for a COVID test, which is what they will give me if I want to get treated for my sinus infection. And also, uh, I just sound like a kid who gets picked last for kickball. And uh, it's not, it's not doing wonders for my self-esteem, but I'm working through it. So it's, It's been a little while, mostly because I couldn't talk uh, and I was super sick. I am glad that I uh, have the powers of speech. kind of seems like a superpower. What, 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 what did we miss while I was in my state of disarray? Ooh, okay. So right before we started recording, I introduced you. To the concept. uh, Of candy mac and cheese. Because Kraft (laughs) woke up. And chose violence.
1: (laughs) uh, Everybody's been home too long. That's really the long. Everyone. Even the the people who work for Kraft. Have also been home too long. But please please continue.
0: I think they got like excited. Because everybody was like screaming. Macaroni in a pot. They were like yes. It's our time. But like. (laughs) We like it's a joke that we pair macaroni and romance like we don't want romantic macaroni and cheese. But for some reason, the good minds at Kraft want to give us hot pink uh, candy flavored mac and cheese. Uh, and uh, the, the dye is made from carrots and beetroot, which I think would be fine if they just dyed regular mac and cheese. So you get like the color, but they have a packet of sweetness that adds sugar and vanilla. And I think that is an abomination. Uh, what what are your thoughts?
1: Um, My initial thought was that it was uh, um, it was dessert pasta. Like, you know, pasta in and of itself is versatile. You can put things in pasta and pasta helps. It's good. It's, it's texture. It's fine. I don't understand. I didn't understand that they were going to actually try to keep the cheese thing going. So they're flavoring the melted cheese powder thing that makes up Kraft macaroni and cheese. So they're not, it's not like Mac and cheese, a brand name. It's like, no, this is macaroni and fucking pink
0: flavored candy cheese. (laughs) Yeah. And I've had a dessert pasta. Um, it was made with like, it's basically like I've had a, a, a few, One had like a bechamel, but it was made with very sweet cheese. Um, And it was kind of like a very super fluffy cheesecake with like a creme brulee kind of top. It was very different and I thought I was going to hate it. But I was like, okay, I kind of get where you're going. Like it wasn't super sweet, but it was sweet for uh, pasta and cheese it was like a ruddy cheesecake that makes sense um and i've had a dessert pasta where it was like a lasagna but with like uh, how do they say it it was like steamed kind of fruit it was like highfalutin but i thought it was gonna be gross and it was actually pretty nice but that is not hot pig um powdered Mac and cheese. You know I Though
1: I'll I go on.
0: Oh, I actually think it would be worse if it was like gooey Velveeta <laughs> that they put the you, candy in.
1: Um, the problem is, is that we never stopped with all the weird flavors of cookies. For the record, like if you want to know how we got here to why you have to not eat pink flavored candy cheese powder is because when... Um, Oreo was like, "How about we have like hot, base baseball stadium hot dog filling on our Oreos?" No one stopped them. So now everyone's like, "Well, fuck it, we can we can have filling, we can we can make flavors. We're all we have chemists.
0: We have chemists, right?" And then they do. I think Kit Kats are to blame. Um, but Kit Kats did it like highfalutin, like. There are, like, hundreds of varieties of Kit Kat. Right. But they make, like, golden honey and lychee. Like, they make nice flavors. It's not, like, uh, friggin' Red Hots and beer or whatever the fuck Oreo has going on. I mean... Geez, gonna be Actually, I also think it was a pumpkin spice because Kraft also made pumpkin spice. Though, as I said before, I wasn't as offended at the pumpkin spice mac and cheese because I've had my yamalo and my baked mac and cheese touch and it was but I think trying to mass produce it with um, dried cheese and uh, the worst quality pasta Um, that should not have emboldened them yet here we are I feel like this is the vestiges of the Trump era Uh, running on a lot of hubris and uh, a lack of care for the order of the universe, it also looks like uh, ground meat that has been like left out. Like you ever seen it like dry? Yes,
1: it does look like it does. It it does have the consistency of dry of ground meat. Yeah.
0: Or it looks like Mortal Kombat intestines. <laughs> just looks disgusting, uh, and it's it's out just in time for Valentine's Day. But you have to enter a lottery uh, uh, at Cheese dot com, and you have until February eighth to enter. And then they're going to give out a thousand uh, a thousand winners, and it will get it.
1: My question is, what is the winning situation in which you introduce um, pink craft mac and cheese? To any in like so if you so if you're by yourself why do you care but if you're with someone when are you celebrating valentine's day like even as a gag you i guess it's a gag it has to be a gag because it's not there's no winning situation where you're generating pink craft mac and cheese in a um. serious scenario I refuse. To I kind
0: of feel like it's the people who um, go to uh, White Castle on Valentine's Day and they like make a reservation at the White Castle to have the Valentine's Day dinner there. Like it has to be like a goof between people. Like I don't know for whatever reason, maybe your meat cute was craft mac and cheese themed and that's like your anniversary thing. Like that's your thing as a couple. Um, I I don't want to meet you. Or talk to you if that's your thing as a couple. (laughs) But uh, it it could be people's thing. I mean, everybody has weird things. Um, But yeah, I do give them kudos for not trying to sell this. uh, Like in mass, like they're literally going to give it away. Because I don't think anybody should exchange anything that is valuable for this trash. But if anybody enters and wins, oh my God, please, please tell me how, how this tastes. I mean, we should do it. I'm going to do it now. You want to enter? <laughs>
1: I'm doing it. What was that link?
0: Right. Uh, It is, uh, where is it? com.
1: Yes. We're doing it. You can continue. I'm signing up.
0: Oh, okay. Yep, entry (laughs) form. We're doing it. It'll come to you, and you'll be our tester.
1: I'm not saying I'm gonna eat it.
0: You you have to eat it if you get it. That's the whole thing.
1: What do I look like?
0: (laughs) You you can't enter to win and then not eat the fruits of your labor. If they're not
1: serious, here's the deal. If they're not serious about mass producing this. I'm not gonna be serious about eating it. This is not a standard flavor. It's not like you can get it in the supermarket. They're giving it out. They're giving it out because they're tipping their toe in the water and saying who likes this trash. And <laughs> so if they're not serious, I ain't gotta be serious. I'm just saying. They put that up if they put this on store shelves, I'll eat it. But they're fucking around, bet. I'll fuck around too. We're ball fucking it's, it's around. A, Good time it's for limited
0: time. time mac and cheese experience. Right. It's really totally
1: yes, I agree with
0: you. Heads, I guess.
1: Listen, listen. I'm. I'm. Maybe I might try a little bit, but I we'll see. Right now, we're out here.
0: If you enter and if you win, you have to eat it.
1: It's on the listeners. <laughs> That's really it. It's. It's on. It's on the listeners. Um. If like I said, you can convince them, you convince enough of them to convince me, we'll do the thing.
0: Yes. Uh I will definitely support that. Uh so yeah, uh let's use uh public shaming slash what do you call that? Uh thing peer, that happens to teenagers. Peer pressure. There you go. Peer pressure, uh to get him to eat that eat that uh, sweet, sweet trash.
1: I am so excited. I'm done. I entered it. Yes. It begins.
0: (laughs) I can't wait. It's going to be delicious.
1: All right. Now that we've done that, now that we've sorted out critical housekeeping. Oh, what else do we
0: have? Yes. Sorry. I was full of you. Uh, So there's a, a hot new song sweeping the nation. Have you heard it?
1: Um,
0: by an uh, enterprising songstress, Daddy Lay or Lee, Daddy Lee. I don't, don't really remember. I say
1: Danny Lay. I mean, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm willing to be wrong.
0: Uh, yes, uh, Yellowbode, have you? Uh, I don't know if you still have it queued up. Can you, can you play a uh, snippet okay. for our audience?
1: Yes, we can. Um, let's see. Let's uh, find. Yellow bonus, <laughs> what do you want? What Yellow bonus, what do
0: you want? What do you
1: want? What do you want? What do you want?
0: Bonus, what you want? okay that's about about
1: <laughs> <laughs> what i mean that was that was that was that per- was perfectly perfectly fine fine music to, to play on the, the, the it was fine music it was the music yeah. was fine it was it was it was fine music
0: so not only is it a uh just fails on so many levels of music, musicianship. Uh, but Danny Lee, or or whatever the fuck, uh, is not the yellow bone she claims to be. And Twitter, uh, oh, they're having a time with it. Not only has she made, uh, I think, two apologies now, one worse than the first, uh where she just will not say the word black, which is a key sign that somebody is themselves not black, um, but uh, she's she's lashed out at the haters. Uh, the first time she addressed the song, which uh, she dropped a snippet of, uh, and I'm going to say song, even though I think that should be in air quotations, like song, because she sounds. Um, that song sounds the way racism feels it's not good <laughs> it's bad uh i usually don't want to say this uh, cuz you know art but like it, it it's it's a, it's bad it's just objectively bad uh even without the colorism it would just be a bad song but then she decided to do her uh minstrelsy <laughs> so I mean, what else can you call it? She spray paints herself my complexion, basically, which you're not a yellow bone if you're my complexion, bitch. Like, get over that. But you paint yourself brown, uh, and then you caterwaul like a cat in heat about uh, how yellow is what he wants. Uh, and then you're mad when people go, hey, none of this is cool, man. <laughs> like the opposite of cool is what you're doing we we want you to stop uh, <laughs> for your sake to... mostly uh, please don't uh, everybody unanimously were like this is bad uh, <laughs> but she did everything from like posting her 23 and me uh, people were posting pics of her parents who were uh, not black <laughs> they're not black And uh, she's basically like, well, dark skinned girls make songs hyping themselves up. So why can't the yellow bones? It's like, because that's like nobody makes a song going, the status quo is really neat. Like everybody who's being oppressed now should continue. Like, that's (laughs) not what pop music uh, should embrace. But she just said the quiet part loud. She's like, Well, you darkies are having fun. Where's mine? I I don't like it when it is not about me. I
1: I don't think she knows what words mean to engage in this discourse, to even have begun the discourse by having a song. Not at all. Like, she doesn't, like, she didn't know enough information to correctly start, to correctly write this song. And I think it starts from there and getting somebody to realize that, oh, the very genesis of my artistic endeavor was wrong. That was a lot.
0: (laughs) Like no. Well, what's funny is that she is dating another rapper who well not my favorite actually has talent and both of uh, the mother of his children are brown skinned darker women. And he has said in a couple of his songs that that is his preference. So I think it's kind of ironic that she comes out with this song I, saying, I mean, no, what he wants is yellow. Um, which sounds like they could have kept that like between them. Yes. So we didn't have to listen to it.
1: <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of discussions that did happen that we didn't need to be privy to. And a lot of discussions that didn't happen that should have happened.
0: Yeah. And um, she kind of pulled a lot of Del Rey. Um, and she was just like well I've dated so many chocolate men and I have melanin friends that's not a phrase that people who talk to negroes on a regular basis use melanin friends
1: (sighs) I mean like I said I think it she does not have the tools for this entire episode. The social episode. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. I wish she would stop.
0: Yeah, but she, the thing is, in her apology, she says colorism is a real thing. So I do get it. But I'm not that. I'm not a colorist. I'm not a racist. I date a whole chocolate man. Right. Yeah. That... Don't don't do that, folks. Please. I mean, <laughs> for for the sake of all uh, Negro dub, stop.
1: We need to get the um, chocolate discourse out. Um, when I get all six Infinity Stones and I change the way thought works without anyone realizing it, we're going to stop labeling um, porn with black people in it ebony, and we're going to stop referring to black people as chocolate. And it's just going to be gone from our language, and we're just not going to know why. It's because I got all six Infinity Stones, and I fix that shit. It's fucking annoying. It's stupid.
0: Yeah, like though I do kind of want like, like I like I, I said last episode, of working on this fiction thing, and I was toying with the idea of only using food to describe white people, but then I realized like the hell am I gonna say that
1: like, gets that gets gross though like it's <laughs> real it gets like, real gross, it gets gross. like we're talking like like things like tapioca mayonnaise um water crackers like they're not like these are not um these are bad ways to describe white folks if you're using food you know what I mean um seltzer um uh I, what else? What else? You're. you're what else? What? what well, what,
0: I was thinking, uh, like rare pork. <laughs> <I don't
1: know. laughs> raw chicken.
0: Uh, boiled goose. Boiled, I don't know. Right.
1: You see what I mean? Is this? Not, you know what? Let's say that. Let's say we stop referring to black people as food, before we start referring to white people as food and grossing everyone to fuck out because it will get real dark. If we have to start talking about talking about um white people as the most rarest, the most rarest pork we've ever seen, and meaning trying to be positive, most things aren't
0: like flesh color, (laughs) right? yeah, yeah. Most appetizing, not a lot of food. I think purposely we just don't eat food that looks like people. Well, (laughs) you know, this exercise hard. Well,
1: you buy it. So it's like it's it's you look you look good enough to buy, marinate, and grill over the course of the weekend, girl. Eh? Eh? That didn't work. I don't know. We it's 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 a, it's a it's a it's a steep hill we have to climb to start to, to effectively describe white people as food. Steep hill.
0: Like, for anybody who's like, I'm a poor white person and I don't experience privilege, you never have to think about what food some idiot's gonna use to describe you (laughs) as. It might be small, but it's some shit you never have to deal with. But yeah, like, I'm not saying if you have to be like, you have to pass a paper bag test. To be black uh, I don't believe that but you do have to be black to be black and I feel like uh, this young lady just decided that she could spray paint herself and cosplay as a whole negress and song this song is a huge wake up call to her and I hope she cuts this shit out uh And I hope she gets better at music. Uh, I I do commend her for not going the, oh, you're just jealous of me route, which I feel like a lot of uh, light-skinned people, when they are called out for their colorism or for propagating uh, colorism, just goes, oh, you're jealous. Uh, No, Uh, I think she did that because we've heard her song and she knows we can't possibly be jealous. Because one would have to have something worthy of being jealous of and her musical skills sadly just aren't going to cut it. <sighs> that was that was a hot mess. uh what was the other hot mess I wanted to talk about?
1: There was the um there were the there was the, the great the great um penis rappers.
0: Oh, yes, the great dick capers. So, uh, I mean, this is something that happened a couple of times. Uh, I think it first got reported all the way in October. And uh, then there was another wave of it happening a little more recently, a couple months ago. But so this Chinese company made a uh, chastity belt for, for for penises, or I I guess it's not really a belt, but it's a cage. It's a dick cage. Uh, And it is locked via an app. So you could give your uh, dominant your code and they could lock your dick cage. Now, I'm going to say I don't care if that's what gets you off my issue here is why would you purchase an electronic device that locks your genitals? Something that you can't use, you, like, you can't, if this thing is locked, like, you, got, you can't pee with it. Uh, and you're going to use an app without having just, uh, like, a key system. So it could always be taken out. Like, there was... Uh, and also, uh, even before people... Uh, Broke into the API, which was very vulnerable. Uh, the app stopped working for some people and uh, they were stuck wearing it due to the unreliability oh, of the app. No.
1: Those poor yeah. people and those poor penises.
0: Wow. Yeah. But some people uh, had their device ransomed by hackers who uh said look we sent you a message we have your information from the app we've locked your device and we will not unlock it until you send us some bitcoin and i'm pretty sure some people came (laughs) buckets but others probably not so much because it's uh You you can't pee it. I think if you could like function and pee, people would be like, "Whatever, I'm built for this." I think
1: there's like a scowling old man, like old Bruce Wayne with a dick cage on. It's like, give it to, give me your best shot. I won't break. (laughs) So yeah, I have a question though. So some of them, like they couldn't tell whether it was on the people. So some of those mothers, so some of those just like locked, right?
0: Yeah, like some people just locked it and it was like still in the package or it was on their dresser or whenever they store their dick cage would not in use. But, um,
1: talk about a dodged bullet. You're sitting there with it on the nightstand, all of a sudden it like snaps shut <laughs> and you just like snap, like pops and snaps shut. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, that, that almost went on my penis. Well, well then, oh, wow, oh, wow. And then you just come and put it in the garbage and send an email. So, yes. Is this resolved?
0: Uh, uh, For a lot of people, yes, it has been uh, resolved. But I would not trust any product that locks your genitals where you cannot unlock it without using the app. Because what if your phone dies Or, yeah, God forbid, you drop your phone in the toilet or like something could go bad with an app. You could lose. You could just leave your phone on the bus like. It could happen. And I mean, I think it's been like a bad couple of months for the adult industry when it comes to, uh, you know, cybersecurity. sex panther got hacked or not hacked, but. Exposed, so I'm pretty sure some hackers running around with my old license and my uh, identity documents. I hope I'm not one of the people that got got, but uh, that's just something that could happen. And when we let these online companies kind of be the stewards of our digital identification information, we're gonna get screwed time and time again. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. I feel like that's an ongoing theme of our program, is um, is uh, tech-based sex toys going wrong in some critical fashion, like the fact that you know they had create, they had invested in and spent the money on creating something that locks. Without a key. Which um,
0: Which could be broken into. And the thing, they not only broke into the mechanism for locking devices, uh, but they also got people's personal information because they were able to email people and say, we've locked your device. Give us the money. And um, so not only did this happen uh, back in October, but Sex Panther, that is very recent. That happened this month. Uh, latest reporting on that is uh, the 24th, so only a couple days ago. And also uh, Pussycash, which is a um, CAM site, they had uh, information breach. So, and it's a lot of times you kind of assume that using the Amazon uh, web services means that it's automatically safe. But if they also don't invest in certain security measures, then those um uh, what do they call those storage buckets can just be laying around unprotected and they're just putting our sensitive information there. So I would say if you are, uh, especially because so many sex workers now are being forced to have to do stuff online because of COVID and guess what else else are we gonna do? Now we have to we really have to think about like who are we putting our like private information in the hands of because some people clearly don't give a shit. And what's really shitty is like uh, when TechCrunch reported this, like the only comments are, oh, you mean models? They're not really models. They're not runway models. I'm like, you're not going to concentrate on the whole security breach thing because I'm sure a lot of non-sex work businesses use Amazon web services. And we saw how Parler, weren't they using Amazon Web Services and all their shit got rocked, so. (laughs) And this is Jeff Bezos' bread and butter. He made how many billions during the pandemic? Hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet his company is leaving our shit bare for people to just do whatever the hell with. I have a problem with that. I mean... Because they, they always make the story about it being an adult site, but then you look back, the the last two sites I talked about, yes, they were adult sites, but it was Amazon web services that had stuff exposed. So is it really the adult nature of this, or is it that this huge service that most websites now are reliant on is not as Secure as we've been led to believe it is. Mm. Okay,
1: that's a fair point. It's a lot of but. jank, and there's just a lot of there's just a lot of jank, and sure. and we and we do we assume that all adult we do we assume all adult businesses all adult businesses are like the video store on the corner, the peep show place. We really do. America really acts like that. So they're like, well, yeah, obviously it wouldn't work. It was, it was filled with whores. So obviously the <laughs> website wouldn't work. Built by built by, by by those by those strange strange people, the sex workers. Yes, no, well, no, they it's can't not, be trusted. They can't be trusted to create a website at all. It's like obviously with all those titties and the, you can't make a website with no pants on, obviously. It's, it's, it's indecent. <laughs> so yeah. right. We really need to uh
0: Yeah, I think line. the internet of things was a mistake because we can't keep it safe. And I don't know why we're not investing in things like so uh when Google Password Protector um, does an audit of my stuff because of all these goddamn breaches that have been happening, I have a hundred and two compromised passwords that I have to sit down and like fix because they were like founded compromises and breaches and bullshit like that. A yeah. hundred and two So our
1: our energy as a country has gone into um uh high end border protection. Um we have that electronic um motion sensor laser wall dividing America from uh south of, from South America. And uh yeah, I mean that's what our money went into and that really highfalutin, technologically advanced, completely functional, completely finished defense wall might have been worth it. Instead of defending, instead of um, cybersecurity, which is connects, which is the um thread that connects literally every human to every other human across the globe.
0: (laughs) So I just hope uh, people. It just (laughs) seems like such a no-win situation that we're in (laughs) with cybersecurity. Not just as a country, but and not just as sex workers, just like in general, like our shit is Jake.
1: Um, it's I am. I hope that that becomes a focus now that we have um, competent people doing things. Sort of, um, it'd be great um, to make that move forward. We're not where we need to be technologically. That's why things like space force sound really misguided. We really we're not going to be able to go do anything in space because we
0: Are we are we still doing the Space Force? Oh yeah, no, it's a
1: legitimate branch of the military on documents and shit. Like, I, I thought cause... I thought it was I thought it was BS until someone I know who's in the service they got an email um from all the branches of the military and one of the branches was the Space Force. It's legit. Now, how legit for how long? I can't say. But as of right now, it's a legit branch of the military.
0: I feel like that's a money laundering scream. <laughs> <laughs> they're to funnel things into the Space Force. Like, oh, yeah, we need uh, 200 space wrenches. $25 trillion, please.
1: <laughs> I feel like they're just going to start yada-yadaing it to the point where it just sounds like a microtransaction. It's like, yeah, we can't build this uh, ship without um 15 space gems. And uh, the proprietary <laughs> type of material, so we are uh, with 5,000 US dollars, we can then get 15 space gems to proceed with the space project here. In space,
0: I, I really hope that that uh, they get rid of that. Phil Faddle, I mean,
1: let's see where Space Force goes. I'm not going to Space Force, I just want to see who is in Space Force, I want to see what. What intrepid Americans are in the Space Force? That's it. I just want to see the Space Force, like, lined up, ready to go into space in a year or two. That's it. I mean, we're already here. I think we're already training people. We already have it. It's already in documents. It's already someone who answers on behalf of the Space Force. And, uh, yeah, let's see what you got guys because they might surprise us. they may have like Spartans like Halo just like eight eight dudes with uh cyber armor on ready to go into space just the best of the best ready to do the thing uh,
0: I mean I hope not because that whole Spartan thing <laughs> it it took a lot of human misery. I but mean for keeping kids in cages. It did, yes. Why it, not put them in the Spartan program? Because we, we live in a hell We stole
1: all right. In the Halo universe, the Master Hester Chief is actually a child soldier. Stolen off the stolen from the stolen, I think, from the street, yes. He's an orphan, I believe. So yes. But he's a child soldier essentially. They artificially they cut the kids while they were soft and supple, um, rare pork if you will, and um, and uh, conducted cybernetic experiments while they were all young enough to be still be rubber, to survive them, and then um, force grew them, forced them to grow faster than they would, and then put a suit around them. So yes, Master Chief is a child soldier, Space Force.
0: Uh, sure, why not? I mean, S- they already put Cortana on all our PCs because I think Uh, Microsoft just didn't play the later Halo games. (laughs) And they're like, that's a character, right, Cortana? That's what people will trust to be at all their operating systems, right? That was
1: when I knew there was a disconnect between Microsoft, the company, and 343, the game studio. Because Cortana is essentially leading the um, end of the world and the AI insurrection. So yes, we really shouldn't be giving her... I mean, if we're keeping with the theme... We aren't shouldn't be giving her information, but I think we took yeah. Cortana off. It took I Cortana remember
0: off. when they were like, "We've installed Cortana." And I was like, "What?" what? <laughs> I was like, "You haven't played the latest game." I take what it. You, what have you done? Like Cortana's not doing well, like at all, like not even a little. No,
1: not even a little bit. But like I said, I'm not gonna. We shouldn't dovetail into Halo talk, or I mean, it is relevant. Um, I imagine Cortana... I mean, would we drop. have
0: a Space Force now, and Cortana's listening to this conversation as we
1: speak. And she would, if you, if she felt compelled, she could, in fact, lock your dick cage forever. So, at the end of the day, <laughs> this is all related. And everything yeah. we say is above board here on the podcast. But I just wanted to... You
0: know. Yeah, like, um, everybody... I always keep getting sent from, like, my normie friends... Like, oh my God, this is a sex toy and it has an app. You can play Flappy Bird with your vagina. And I'm like, yes, this has been a thing for almost 10 years. And I'm like, I'm nonplussed, but I'm like, before you purchase this, do you want people to have your pussy data? Because you're putting it out there. They're going to know your pussy stats. How comfortable do you feel with that? Maybe it's not uh, a big thing to you, but I want my the power of my vagina to be a surprise.
1: You don't want it to be scouted.
0: Yeah, I don't want it out in the world. <laughs> if they know that I can master Flappy Bird with Makuchi, like they would know how powerful I am. And I need that to I need to, to have an advantage.
1: I like to think that. Somebody handing somebody else a document before you guys go out on a date, and he looks at it and he goes, My god, <laughs> <laughs> yes. rank number four in Pussy fla- p- Pussy Flappy Bird, yes, rank number four in the world, yes, yep. And uh, so you have to get ready, but
0: and then I just like take the napkin from the test and shove it in my cooter, like hit the one Roman stance, and just an origami pigeon comes out or something. this is what
1: happens when you have a sinus infection by the way this is what yeah this is this is why i'm saying we as i was saying we needed to keep the show the show within stamina reason because Because i'm getting
0: very silly very at
1: some point you just when you're sick the bottom falls out and you're just like now wonder woman now and now you have made an origami pigeon with your vagina which means that we need to wrap it up Right. there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with that. So uh, thank you for bearing with me. And I'm sorry if you're like an ASMR person and you've been hearing uh, my sinuses pop, sculch, pop and lock. Uh, (laughs) It's gross to me, too. I'm sorry. I really can't help it. And uh, thank you for putting up with me. And I guess I'll uh, see you next Tuesday. Oh shit, I forgot. I want to do a quick movie review. So uh, I don't know if you are aware, there is a Korean American day and I was lucky enough to get a screener of a film that is coming out next month uh, starring my boo from The Walking Dead, uh, Steven Yin, and uh, it's called Minari, uh, which is like, this, like, plant that you eat that is yummy. But it is about a Korean American family um, that are trying to make their way in rural America during the 1980s. And uh, they're, the parents' marriage is a little strained because of the father's decision to try to start a farm. And they live in, like, a trailer. And his wife's mom comes from Korea to kind of help the family. And it's a very kind of heartwarming, but also really gut-wrenching slice of life story about the Asian American experience that really isn't examined as much. So uh, what I really loved about this and i i don't think it has to be viewed solely from the lens of asian americans uh i weirdly enough i felt more uh uh more seen by this movie thinking about my mom's family which is from jamaica and uh it it is I think a great movie for the children of those who leave their countries and try to make life in America, because it really does show how isolating it is, and it has a very unflinching look at the politics of trying to be successful in America, and some of those things I I feel are a little more specific to Asian Americans, because there is a language barrier, um, and uh I think this family they were in like rural like Arkansas, it's like one of those flyover states, and uh in nineteen eighties, they are fleeing what was like the established meccas of immigration, so they're all alone, and there's really no like Korean church and those that have immigrated to where they are they they're not really interested in the Korean church because they are the people who like were ostracized but the meat and bones of this movie is the relationship between uh not just the parents but between the young son and the grandmother and I uh I think it found a special place in my heart because when my parents we moved to this place called Tinton, New Jersey. Uh, it's not that there were no Negroes there, but it was very. There wasn't like a lot. <laughs> uh, it was like very diverse, but I was still like. There wasn't a lot of other West Indians, so I uh, I did feel kind of. Um, isolated culturally. And when my grandmother came, uh, you know, it, I know that as somebody who really wanted to fit in, there was this initial phase of like, you're so foreign. What are you doing in my house? Oh my God, you're so embarrassing. And uh, it's hard to see it like a reflection of, of your younger mistakes on screen, but it is very heartwarming to watch Uh, you know, this little boy, uh, discover the love that you have for your grandmother. Um, It is an A24 film. So structurally, you might look at it and say, okay, what's the point? (laughs) But it is very much a slice of life movie. Um, It is a movie that wants you to go through the emotions of the characters alongside them. It's not trying to beat you over the head with, um, like, a message. But it's just an exercise in recognizing the humanity of these characters. Minari is supposed to be opening, I guess, wide uh, in February. So I don't want to give too much away about it. But I just wanted to say I was... Uh, I felt very enriched and seen through this film. So if you are an immigrant or a child of immigrants, I really uh, want to recommend seeing this and not just because, um, uh, the, the two parents are super hot, um, even though this is a movie about poverty and I have to admit a couple of times I was a little taken out. Cause I'm like, why don't you guys just go become Prada models? Cause you're disgustingly good looking, but they give amazing performances. Um, the child actors in this are amazing. And um, the, the actress that plays the grandmother, I think is really um, just, uh, she just gives such a wonderful performance. So I want to say, A, thank you, uh, the Korean American Film Institute, for giving me the screener. Thank you to A24 for giving me the opportunity to see it. And uh, please see this film. And I'm so interested to see what um, my listeners, our listeners, think about it. Okay.